Welcome to the Founders and Friends podcast with Scott Orn at Cruise Consulting. And before we get to an awesome podcast with Jesse Fries of Sequoia, just a couple quick uh, things to talk about. First, of course, the podcast is brought to you by Cruise Consulting, the number one startup accounting firm in the world. Uh, Cruise Consulting was started by my wife five years ago, Vanessa Cruz. She's a superstar, and we now employ 24 other superstars. Uh, company is growing very quickly. We have 160 clients. We do everything you need for accounting, for tax, for valuation, anything a startup needs. Only do startups. Uh, only do angel and VC-backed companies. Uh, we just we just focus on that. We're good at it, and uh, we'll continue to be good at it. So if you need anything or your friend needs something for their startup, just give us a call. Uh, secondly, this podcast is brought to you by Bill.com. Bill.com may be my favorite tool that we use at Cruise Consulting. It virtualizes, puts all the, the payments for bills into the cloud. You upload your invoices, you turn in the bills. And one thing I really like is you can actually set like a, a little notice for the CEO of the company to clear or okay the bill. And then it gets paid electronically or via check. It is amazing. It allows you to pay bills on vacation. It also has a great search function that allows us to go back and see. Oftentimes, people don't know this, but vendors will complain because they got undercharged or, or, or didn't get paid enough. And it turns out we did pay them correctly. Uh, and bill.com search feature makes all that really easy to show the vendors. Plus, it syncs with QuickBooks, which is super important. So check out Bill.com. Huge fan. Uh, and also, we have a podcast from uh, the CEO of Bill.com from about two months ago. Uh, so check that out when you get a chance. I think that's it. I hope you enjoy the podcast with Jesse Freeze at Sequoia. Welcome to Founders of Friends podcast with Scott Orn of Cruise Consulting. And today, my very special guest is Jesse Freeze of Sequoia One. Welcome, Jesse. Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here. Oh, thanks. So we've worked together. We refer Sequoia to group clients. I'm very pleased by that. And uh, so I've known you for a while and want to have you on the podcast to talk about benefits and specifically kind of Sequoia One's brand of benefits. Make sense? Likewise. Yeah, we're a big fan of Cruise Consulting as well. Thank you. I, I'm sure you tell that to all the girls. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. So maybe start by just kind of walking us through your, your career, like how you got here. Sure. Yeah. I've been in and around the recruiting HR space for about 20 years. Um, right out of college, I got hired to uh, manage a government contract providing disaster relief professionals uh, for humanitarian disasters. Uh, it was the best job ever. had a corner office <laughs> on uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Got to watch the uh, presidential parades and all the escorts uh, come and go down the uh, Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, ended up meeting my wife out there and moving out to San Francisco about 12 years ago. And uh, that experience didn't necessarily translate to um, the Bay Area. And I got hired by a recruitment process outsourcing firm. So I would go on site uh, to help companies staff up, build out their recruiting function, and really manage their people operations for a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, 2009 came along. Unfortunately, companies were no longer hiring. They were trying to uh, fire employees as quick as they could. And <laughs> I jumped over to uh, another HR outsourcing firm, really well-known company locally here in the Bay Area. And I spent seven years uh, managing their early stage practice, working on channel development. And then I was fortunate enough to meet the Sequoia folks over the last couple of years. And they finally uh, lured me away and I joined the company uh, last summer. What what made Sequoia so special for you? Like, I know they have a great reputation in the industry, but like, what attracted you to the Sequoia? They're just approaching the market in a really innovative way. Um, you know, the companies that we support, largely tech, uh, mostly venture backed, growing very quickly. 
um, they really think like a startup. And in many ways, they are. Even though Sequoia Consulting Group has been in business for 15 years as a boutique benefit brokerage, they've grown and, and nearly doubled in size in the last 18 months. Wow. So 18 months? 18 months, oh yeah. Oh, my God. Um, so they're about 220 employees. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's been a, a really incredible I've heard rise. great things about management. I've heard they're really good people, too, just through the grapevine. Yeah, they really have a good sense on uh, the industry itself and how it's become very stagnant through the years and are innovating. Um, we're building you know, some technology in-house. Uh, we've got a new mobile app that we're launching that we're really proud of, and we're building products for scaling tech companies. Um, and that's really why Sequoia One, which is the division I represent, is, is a new uh, creation of Sequoia. It's been around for about two and a half, three years. Um, we're starting with companies very early, you know, in the 15, 20 employee space, scaling them up to a point that HR is brought in-house and we can work with a company up until thousands of employees. In fact, we're now rolling out a self-insurance program to help companies um, that would like to take advantage of that arrangement. I guess when you get big enough, like a Google or something like that, you can just self-insure and you don't have to go through a carrier, right? Is that the deal? That's right. You can yeah. be a lot more creative on how you um, structure your benefits, how you price and how you um, manage the risk. Awesome. Benefits are such an emotional thing for a company and for mm -hmm. the employee base. Maybe talk about the importance of like doing it right. Yeah. Well, it's really important. Um, Not that anyone would ever do anything <laughs> wrong on purpose, but it's like you want to, you want to really focus and, and, Choose who you're working with for all the right reasons. Yeah. You know, I've advised a lot of founders through the years on, uh, you know, thinking of it not as a transactional business. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they raise around. They're, they're very excited about their product, um, you know, whether it's software or hardware or whatnot. And they, at the last moment, decide that, oh, we need to spin up payroll and get employee benefits set up. And it really is treated as, you know, something I need to do on a Sunday afternoon before I get back with the guys and gals, you know, coding on Monday. And they don't give much thought. You know, they think of it very much as an off-the-shelf product that I just need to get done. Um, and that might work for, you know, a small seed-funded startup, but it really isn't the right approach. You, you know, you really need to think holistically about where your company is going, uh, who you're going to be hiring, and, and how to structure, um, you know, a benefit program that will scale with that organization. It's something that, like, everyone in the company touches, right? It's a complete reflection of management, how, care, how much they care, how much they care about the rank-and-file team. Like, it seems... It's one of the most important things you can do, I think. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's really intriguing, actually. The more I've spent time um, in the benefits world, and even um, you know, even though I've been in the HR space, putting together benefit programs for for many many years now, uh, you know, joining Sequoia One um, was the first time that I actually had to go and get my insurance brokerage <laughs> license. So I've learned a lot in the last eight to nine months. But it is really important to structure benefits. I mean, what we're, we're talking about is human lives. We're talking about people that are spending a tremendous amount of time working for a company, you know, really putting in that sweat equity, uh, but also realizing that, you know, these people get sick or they have wives or dependents. And unfortunately, bad things happen occasionally, and you need a safety net. You need really well-thought-out programs um, so that if, you know, an individual has to go and see a doctor, the coverage is there. It's yeah. not going to be a huge financial loss. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. The worst, a couple times we've gotten calls where like, um, an employee is in the emergency room because their kids got hurt or something like that, you know? And it's like, 
is so it's so nice to know that the company's taken care of and the employees are taken care of and I know that reverberates throughout the employee base. Like people want to know that this basic need is covered and covered well. You know, and that's why one of the reasons we always talk to clients about do you have benefits? How can we help you with benefits? It's just a super important thing for each company. Yeah, I mean, it is a human business, and it's a very confusing business. You know, we're seeing that, uh, you know, every day in the news now with the consideration of removing the Affordable Care Act. You know, just you look at the statistics, and very few people actually understand the issues in play, uh, and even more so don't understand what is involved in a plan design. Um, you know, it's shocking how many times, um, you know, I sit down with individuals and we, you know, we look at the price and then we dive into the plan and there really isn't an understanding of what is actually covered. And unfortunately, many people end up learning too late that things are not covered yeah. and, and so on. So it's a it's an area where people, frankly, and I understand why, you know, you just don't want to dive into really dense plan documents but you have to when you're sick yeah. and you find out that there's some gotchas in there for sure. Let's, let's dive into it. Like what you guys are a certain brand of, of insurance company and provider. What is the difference between a PEO and something that's more transactional, like transactional payroll, transactional benefits? Yeah, Scott, happy to explain professional employment organization and, and co-employment. It's really an interesting industry. Uh, it got started about 35 years ago, and the essence of the structure is that companies join together in an aggregated style to be able to leverage the collective number to gain better benefits, to gain access to you know, technology and services. How it's done is every company... And every employee at that company files their uh, taxes under the co-employers, or in this case, Sequoia One's federal employee ID number. And we can negotiate on behalf of all of the employees to the insurance carriers. So collectively, we can bring back much better benefits. You guys get the everyone a better deal, right? Because you have like a deeper pool of people that... So the insurance carriers are competing, competing for your business much more aggressively than they're competing for like a 10 person startups. Business. Yeah. That, I mean, that's correct. I mean, particularly in the Bay area where the demographics of these startup companies are, are very clean. The, you know, the benefits are that, uh, you know, the insurance companies would love to work with one company in this case, Sequoia one to manage a fairly large book of business. Um, they know they can come to us when there's plan changes and, and so on. And in turn, um, you know, there's economies of scale. You know, the companies that do engage with us uh, or any PEO for that matter, uh, you know, are able to provide a number of plans that just aren't available in the open market. Um, People don't really realize that. Like at the, the, er, the small company plans are highly regulated. So they're just kind of like cookie cutter. So even when people ask us, it's like, well, there's not that much difference. It's just going to be kind of a cookie cutter plan, which is what Cruise Consulting is on right now. We're a 20 person company. Right. Mm -hmm. But when they go to work with someone like Sequoia One, they're getting the benefit of like thousands and thousands and thousands of people on, you know, with bargaining power and a lot of customization. And the employees can pick and choose from a lot of different stuff. And usually the price is a lot lower, too. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. I mean, and that's one of the, the real advantages of Sequoia. And I think going back to your question about why Sequoia, uh, you know, we have a place in the market that's really differentiated because of our Sequoia tech program, because of our benefit brokerage, which is really our parent. Um, you know, even though Sequoia One is relatively a small new division, uh, we normally wouldn't be able to compete with larger PEOs. But because our benefit brokerage is able to leverage our consulting 
you know, division, we're able to be a real small, nimble startup. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're scrappy and very responsive and, you know, all those good things that one likes in a startup. Um, but yeah, we can leverage the benefits and have a really great infrastructure to offer our clients. Basically the insurance companies know they're working with the people who get it. Sequoia is a big name. And because you have so much bargaining power, you're going to get a better deal for people. Yeah. And, you know, I think one of the things people don't quite realize is the employees of a startup are actually like co-employees of Sequoia. Like they get their tax documentation from you guys. You guys send them their W-2s, things like that, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, technically, they are. Um, you know, I, there's a uh, worksite employer of record, which is what the client is. You know, again, that's, you know, the best way of, of explaining it is, you know, the startup hires and fires. The startup directs the employee. The startup provides the employee the uh, employee agreement and the um, intellectual property. In no way does the PEO interfere with that at all. Yeah. Um, you know, if that employee goes out to a cocktail party, they work for that startup. Um, <laughs> however, you know, in the eyes of the government, both the federal and the state authorities look to the PEO as being what's called the administrative employer of record. So we're making sure that, uh, you know, SUDA and FUDA, that, you know, taxes are being handled appropriately. If that employee needs COBRA or, you know, there's a worker's comp claim, the PEO is responsible for all that. So all the, you know, kind of the fun stuff of managing and growing a company is really retained by the startup. All the boring, you know, kind of data-driven stuff that, you know, typical founders don't want to do or simply don't do well is handled by the PEO. That's a great way of saying that. What are some of the services that you offer? So you talked about benefits. Mm -hmm. What other kind of things do you do for startups? Yeah, so, you know, we really try to be an end-to-end partner for companies. Um, particularly on the employee benefit side. And because of our DNA on the insurance side, you know, we tend to tend to be introduced to companies that are, you know, 15, 20 employees. They've, you know, got something set up, um, but they're just not doing it well. Um, and they're getting to a point, uh, you know, that might be a pretty large inflection point that might be, uh, you know, hiring a number of folks locally. It might be expanding domestically or internationally, and they're trying to put systems in place. And so, you know, we take a look at, you know, what are their growth plans? You know, we do a human capital plan and we really dive into, you know, do they need stronger business insurance? Uh, do they need a robust HR information system? Um, you know, have they put in place a 401k or a flexible spending account? Um, we have partnerships with a lot of the other firms out there for well-being and, and trying to improve their employee culture. You know, and that's beyond just the employee benefits. I mean, without a doubt, uh, the employee benefits and how we structure and how we support them and partnerships with, for example, One Medical Group, which is complementary with all of our client engagements, wow. we increase the, you know, increase the relationship. Our hope and our desire, and it's, you know, kind of proven through the years, is that if we can build a strong partnership with these companies, as they scale, we'll become their partner for life. Yeah, I totally see that. And you guys, if they're doing, like, if they have to do a termination or have to do something like that, they can call you for kind of advice and things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. They can come come to us for anything human capital related. Yeah. Um, you know, something I didn't emphasize during the co-employment piece is we also share in the risk and liability mm. of our companies that we support. So we're very involved in making sure the employee handbooks are written accurately, that employee agreements are put in place appropriately. And if there is a termination and, and, you know, managers need coaching or need somebody to come down and help, we certainly will do that. We tend to be a very 
um, on-site type of service. We want to be visible. We want to be there when folks need it. Yeah. Um, we also, you know, at the employee level, we have employee advocates that handle questions uh, directly. So, uh, you know, this is a service in which we're not just working with the executive team. We are working with every single employee throughout the organization and their dependents. Yeah. Um, so it's really important that we see and we view the client, not just as the startup, but also the team. Yeah, that's a great distinction. You guys, and you guys handle payroll too, right? Like you're handling all the company's payroll, payroll taxes, all that jazz. Yeah, it's full end-to-end. So it's you know literally in, in replace of building out a, an HR function, we are handling end-to-end payroll, HR, workers' comp, mm-hmm. everything that's employee-related with the view that at some point the organization – uh, will grow up and and mature and grow to a size in which you'd want to bring it in-house, at which time your employees would stay on the same benefit plans we've put you on. So there would be really no loss in coverage. Um, but we'd flip over and we'd help coach you and mentor you on who to choose for a payroll provider, how to build in another HRIS, how to build infrastructure so that that company can scale on its own and then we become the benefit broker. Yeah. How What is a trigger for like flipping over and, do, and bringing all this stuff in-house? Yeah, it's a good question, um, and there's not a perfect answer for it. Uh, you know, there's certainly regulation um, milestones. Um, you know, if you talk to the HR group, you know, they'd say 50 employees is a natural breaking point because a lot of compliance uh, regulations come in. Um, Family Medical Leave Act, or FMLA, triggers at 75 employees. Um, you know, sometimes it has to do with who is actually in roles already, if there's a really good head of talent or people operations person, then it might actually extend out to 100, 150 employees. Um, costs certainly contribute to that. If you have a really good head of talent or head of people, you could work with a HR outsourcing firm to well over 100. Wow. Uh, yeah. we, one of the things we talked about off mic was just like the ACA and how that's changing. I mean, what's your what's your viewpoint on that? Like. It's kind of hard to hard to know because right now we're taping this and like the the Congress is trying to push stuff through and things might change really quickly. But like, what's your guys' viewpoint on that? Yeah, nobody really knows. I mean, we're paying <laughs> really close attention to it because once things are decided, then we're going to have to advise all of our clients and make sure they're in compliance. Things that are of of, of a certain value are that. Um, any change, any confusion, any noise in this industry causes confusion, yeah. and that requires advice. I'm sure you see that in the financial world. You said it perfectly. Like people don't even understand what ACA is doing for them or not doing for them. You yeah. know, it's like there's a ton of confusion. Yeah, I mean, one thing that is interesting to to understand is that a lot of the noise, a lot of the press that you do hear about the changes in the ACA actually doesn't affect the the market that we're talking about. You know, the vast majority of, of individuals in this country get their health insurance through companies. Mm-hmm. And most of the conversations that you hear on on um, Capitol Hill and so on is actually in the private market. Oh, I didn't it know that. It's okay, on individuals yeah. going to the exchanges themselves. Oh, okay. And it's actually a very small percentage of yeah. the, the actual purchasers. Yeah. It is kind of interesting how, like, employment has been connected to benefits for a very long time. I remember, like talking about this in business school and wondering if it was ever going to change. But for the most part, it seems like that's something people, that's a perk that people really like from their job and probably won't change that much long-term. 
Yeah, I mean, as much as personally, you know, I would love to see the ability for employees to not have to work, you know, and, and to be freelancers. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, you, know, sure, you know, because sure. that's, be, that's yeah. where the economy is going is, yeah. is to, to be able to work multiple jobs and secure insurance on your own. Yeah. Um, the reality is that insurance is getting exceedingly expensive, and it is nice to have a company contribute yeah. to that yeah. piece. Going back to, like, PEO versus transactional, mm-hmm. what are, like, the biggest strengths of the PEO? like the Sequoia One model? Yeah, I mean, it, it really falls into three main areas. You know, I think working with a fully bundled provider, uh, you know, a PEO, for example, it really simplifies a company's HR. You know, you, you know one of the other aspects of um, HR, which makes it really complex and really hard to do well, is that there's so many other companies in that value sphere. For example, you know, if you're going to manage HR on your own, you've got to set up payroll, which means going to an individual company. Mm-hmm. You've got to set up employee benefits, which means you've got to work with an insurance broker. Um, that may, person may or may not be able to set you up with workers' comp. Um, but as you scale, you've got to set up with a FSA provider, a flexible spending account. Um, you've got to work with a 401k provider. If you want commuter benefits, that's yet another provider. So managing that wheel of partners becomes really challenging. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you work with a PEO, literally you can spin it up within a couple of weeks. Wow. And you have that entire value proposition all ready to go. Yeah. Um, you know, the second aspect is simply benefits. You know, to your point, Scott, uh, you can put together a benefit package that's on par with companies that you hear in the news. Um, you know, they're as, as strong or stronger than what these big companies are doing. And, and it's just amazing what you can get That's as a fantastic. small yeah. individual company. Yeah. Um, and then lastly is just the reduction of risk is shifting some of the ongoing risk uh, of managing your company to a company that does it professionally. Yeah. What's the size of a company that should be working with Sequoia One? Is it like 10 or 15 people or is it 40 people? Like where do you, where do you guys, where's your sweet spot? Yeah, I'd say our sweet spot is less about the employees and more about the DNA of the company. Mm. You know, if the company is growing rapidly, if the company is fairly well financed and wants to invest in their people, uh, if the company is hiring individuals that uh, you really have a uh, an obligation to provide really great benefits mm-hmm. to. If, if, it's a competitive thing. Like you can't get the best engineers or executives if you're not taking care of people. Right, you know? yeah. You got to really think about that. And so those types of companies really tend to... Um, lean towards working with Sequoia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you look at our client base and the companies that have partnered with us for, for many, many years, a lot of them started very early and wanted to invest in their people and wanted to put the systems in place, knowing that if they chose the right partner, if they did the due diligence and worked with somebody that, you know, has a strong reputation, that really thinks about partnership, that really focuses on coming through for people at a personal level, then this could be a relationship that they will have for the, the entire um, run of the organization. Yeah, yeah. And that's really our goal. Yeah, that's awesome. And do, is that what happens? Like when people bring it HR in-house and they go away from the PEO, are they using like the consult, the Sequoia consulting side of the business to find their next healthcare and all that kind of stuff? Is that, is that the natural progression? It, it is. I mean, really okay. the vision and why Sequoia One was started a couple of years ago was for us to provide value for smaller companies that had not yet gotten to a point where they could manage HR themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, once a company is able to bring HR in-house, that's where we really specialize because that's what we've been doing <laughs> for 15 years. Yeah. You know, it was providing really strong advice, really strong guidance on what the benchmark data shows, yeah. you know, helping these companies craft their benefit strategies to be super competitive in the market. 
um, whether they're doing really well or they're trying to pull back and conserve funds, you know, we can guide them through what is a really expensive line item uh, in a company's budget and make sure that they're effectively, um, you know, keeping their company going. Yeah. Also, it's circling back to your original point of like everybody in the organization touches this stuff and it's important that it's done right. And it's a, it's a real clear signal from management, like how much they care about the people working there, you know? So getting it right is, is really important. Um, and you guys do that. And that's why we cruise consulting refers people to or companies to you. And we like working with you guys and specifically you, you're awesome. <laughs> um, well, maybe just to kind of wrap it up, you can tell everyone where they can find you and find Sequoia one and maybe just what you guys specialize in. Well, it's really easy to find me. Uh, you, you can email me at jesse at sequoia.com. Uh, one thing I will note is that we do put out an employee benchmark report annually. Um, and so if you do email me, I'm happy to send that to you. Um, we're also uh, just released a survey for the 2016-2017 version. So if you want to fill it out and get on our email list for the next benchmarking report, I'm happy to, to connect you with that survey link, and we'd love to have you fill it out. Our goal is to have over 800 of the tech startups in the Bay Area fill it out, and it's really becoming a really robust document and the go-to document for venture-backed growth companies that are looking to try to benchmark their data against others. Yeah, that kind of information is really valuable. That's that's awesome. It's very generous of you guys to offer it for free, too. Yeah. If, you're, if you're a startup, you're ten, anywhere from 10 to 15 people all the way up to like 50 or 100, you should be looking at Sequoia 1. Please reach out to Jesse, and, uh, and thank you for coming by. It's been awesome. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate All right. it. All right, Jesse. Take care. Bye.